Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 109 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thanks for joining me. I have a really special episode today for you. I spent a lot of time talking about my own experience with weight loss and the difference that learning thought work and coaching skills has made to my own weight and management of my own stress eating. But I thought that it would be helpful and I think inspiring for you to hear from some of my past and current clients. And so to hear from actual physicians that have worked on these issues and what's working for them, what they're still working on, because as we all know, nobody's perfect and things like stress eating and binge eating don't just evaporate. There's no diet that makes them go away, but the thought work and the coaching skills can really change how it feels to manage those And so I've invited a few of my previous and current clients on to speak about their own experiences. And what I'm hoping for you is that if you're sitting there and you're really struggling and you're feeling really alone and you worry that you might not be able to figure this out and you're spending a lot of mental energy trying to figure it out on your own and you have that secret shame that some of these physicians talk about of being a physician and feeling like you should have figured it out or uh, you should be able to figure it out on your own, then I'm really hoping that their stories will inspire you, that there is a different way and that it could be different for you. And in particular, what I really hope it inspires you for is that sometimes there's actually a way that makes everything else better as well, that it's not just about the weight, but it's about so much more than the weight. And so without further ado, let's get to the interviews. And a big thank you to all of these women who took time out of their busy schedules to talk about their own experiences in the hopes that they would be able to help somebody else not go through the same suffering and the same difficulties that they did. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to see you. My pleasure. Been a long relationship we've had, I think. So can you introduce yourself a little bit to the people that are listening? Yeah, sure. My name's Lisa. I'm a surgeon in Nova Scotia. I am about eight years into practice out of residency. And I think probably that entire time I thought about and tried to continuously work on my weight and getting back to like pre-residency weight. And I finally did it. (laughs) Nice. Congratulations. Well, thank you. <laughs> so let's start from the beginning. Where were you and what were you struggling with through those years where you're trying to, but not getting where you wanted to go? I think residency certainly resulted in me having a lot of bad habits, I'll say, or poor relationship with food, eating to deal with stress, eating whatever was around or not eating for a long time and then kind of binging on whatever I could get my hands on. And that led to a lot of snacking. 
snacking in the car. I have a half an hour drive home. So stop and get myself a bag of Doritos on the way home. And I always laugh with you about it. Not a small bag of Doritos, (laughs) get the whole bag of Doritos. And I kind of did this a bit secretly. Like I have a husband and a son and I would stop on the way home and toss the Dorito bag in the garbage and whatever was left in it. And I just felt out of control. I would say reward myself on a Friday after a hard week of work and sort of console myself, reward myself. And that would lead to a landslide over the weekend of, I think, poor health eating choices. Every single Monday would roll around and I'd say, okay, I'm going to do better this week. But it was almost as though I felt I didn't have control. I was going to do it, but I didn't really have control when the time came to make the healthy choices. You mentioned that you spent all that time from residency thinking about it. Like how much time in your days were you spending putting mental energy into what you should or shouldn't eat and whether you're going to eat according to your plan and that sort of stuff? Oh, a lot. I would say during residency and sort of early after residency, I think it grew, I guess, such that I felt like after I had my son, I didn't have any excuses anymore. And so I think I thought about it a lot more as time went on until it came to a point where I got in touch with you and actually started making changes. What do you mean you didn't have a choice after you had your son? What was your thoughts about that? More like I didn't have any excuse. I guess going through residency, I would justify the unhealthy choices because I was busy, I was stressed. And then I thought, well, I'm going to have a kid. I'll wait until after I have him and no point in losing all the weight before I have him. I'm just going to gain back. That was sort of my mindset at the time. So I'll wait till after I have him and it took me forever to have him. And then after I gave myself a year or so, and then I really don't have any excuse anymore. I've got a great career and good hours and no excuse. Why can't I do this? Mm-hmm. So were you beating yourself up? Like, was that a thought that you were using kind of against yourself? Like, why can't I do this now? Yeah, sure. Even though I knew I had done it in the past, I just couldn't make that step or that commitment sort of long-term the way I needed to. And so what difference did taking the coaching approach give you? Oh, I'm thinking back to the beginning. I was ready. This was last November. So we're just over a year that we started working together. And I really was ready. And I think that was a big part of it. But just changing my thoughts, not making excuses for myself, watching my thoughts, knowing that I was in control of anything that went in my mouth or any thought I had about food, feeling in control, like it was my decision. And so what were the results that you saw? Well, I lost about 25 pounds, which was close. We had set a goal of 35 or I had set a goal of 35. And I lost 25 of that. And I know you talk often in your podcast about this should be easy and you should love doing it. And I really did. It was so easy. And even making the step from low carb eating to starting fasting. And I don't know if you'll remember, but I thought I can't not eat breakfast in the morning. Initially, like when you suggested it, I'm ravenous in the morning, but I just did it. Like I just changed the thought about that. And it was like nothing. It was so easy. And you're right. You always say it's all just about your thoughts. Every single thing is about your thoughts. So I didn't do my measurements like I was supposed to have done. So I can't tell you sizes or anything, but certainly clothes fitting a lot looser and personally, like mentally, just feeling comfortable. Like I think I had told you when we first started, I just didn't feel comfortable in the body that I was in because I just didn't like the way it felt. And after losing that weight, I just felt better, better in that body. Have you noticed changes from doing all this thought work in non-food or non-weight areas of your life? I have tried to apply it, yes, to other areas of my life. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an example. (laughs) I mean, we've recently worked on some family stress in my extended family and changing my thoughts around that. And it's been remarkably helpful. 
And I try to apply it to like not having expectations of other people or expectations of myself in different circumstances. So yeah, I don't know that I can think of any other specific examples, but definitely. If somebody was listening who is at the same kind of point you are where they have eating habits that are happening every day when they finish work or the weekends are feeling out of control, what advice would you give them? First call Siobhan. (laughs) But I think in the early time starting to work with you, having a really clear vision that just would pop into my head anytime, like not the weight. For me, it was not the weight. It was actually sitting on the dock with a bunch of friends, feeling comfortable watching our kids play and swimming in our bathing suits. Like that was such a clear vision for me that almost made it so simple. Anytime any, I don't know if I had any conflict with what to eat or not to eat, not often anyway, but I think it was because I had that super clear vision. And then the second thing I would say is to have a really clear mantra that works for you because it can be slow. The weight loss can be slow. It can wax and wane. It can come off fast for a little bit and then it suddenly slows right down. So being from Nova Scotia and boating and stuff, mine was just stay the course, just stay the course. I don't know. It just worked for me. And then of course, listen to all your, listen to your podcasts on the drive to work. That helped me not munch on the drive. Fantastic work. You've really put a lot of work into this and I'm so happy that you're feeling that much better in your body and with your eating. It's still work for sure, as you know. So I think that's the other thing. And you talk about that a lot as well, that this is not just short term, like you're going to have to do this forever. Just if I may also say one of the little downfalls that I had, I'm pretty goal driven kind of a person. And I struggled a little bit around my end point, like we had sort of set a goal of last June. And so I think to make a new goal after that would have been really helpful for me, or I should have perhaps made a additional goal because you kind of reach a goal and then you're like, well, now what? Now what should be maintenance? (laughs) But sometimes that's hard if you don't have a vision of what maintenance looks like or something. I think that brings up a really good point in that losing weight is exciting when you step on the scale and the scales move down. Maintenance is a whole different brain shift because you're stepping on the scale and it stays the same. And that's good, but you're right. Finding other things that kind of motivate you and pull you through, you feel excited for staying the same can be really powerful because if the scale has been motivating you, maintenance just doesn't feel as motivating to see the same number over and over again. That's right. Some other vision or some other something. Well, thank you for taking the time to be interviewed, Lisa. My pleasure. Thank you. Welcome to the show, Erica. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here today to share some of my story with you and your listeners. I think it's going to be really helpful for a lot of people who are struggling with this same stuff that you've struggled with. Do you mind telling people just a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Erica DeFort. I live in Ontario. I am a full-time emergency physician and I work in two centers in Peterborough as well as Bowmanville, Ontario. And I have a wonderful husband. I have two children, a four-year-old and a 20-month-old. And my husband, he's a shift worker as well. So the reason I bring that up is I've made time to do this for myself, even with a really busy, busy life. So for those of you out there that think you just don't have time to tackle this problem in your life, it really can be doable even with busy lives that physicians lead. Yeah, and that's busy. Juggling two different shift work schedules and little kids is not easy. During a pandemic. (laughs) During a pandemic while working in Emerge. It's a lot. 
Can you tell us a little bit about where you were at before you and I met? So what were you struggling with and what was it like in your day-to-day life? I guess going back a bit, I've always struggled with my weight. Interestingly, before I had started coaching with Siobhan, a friend had sent me a photo of her and I in kindergarten. Her mother was moving and she was helping her clean out her basement. And she found this kindergarten photo of her and I. And interestingly, my first thought was, oh, I was overweight in kindergarten. So I've struggled with weight issues, I would say, basically my entire life. And I was part of a physician Facebook group where there was a low carb subgroup. And I joined that group looking for a way to tackle my weight loss actually after the birth of my first child. Everyone told me after I gave birth, oh, the weight will just fall off. It didn't. (laughs) And I was looking for a way to help get the weight off. So for about four years or so prior to coaching with you, I did follow a low-carb diet and I did get good results with it. But then I became pregnant again, gained just as much weight as my first pregnancy. And again, I was looking for something. I just needed something more than just kind of following a low-carb diet to help me lose the weight. And I had listened to Siobhan's podcast. I was a very regular listener and the podcast just resonated with me. Like I knew this was the missing link to what was stopping me from being able to be successful with losing weight. I just knew if I worked with doing all the thought work and whatnot that was involved with this, that I just knew that I would be successful with losing the weight this time. And so I did a lot of the work on my own before signing up for coaching, but I hit a weight loss plateau. I felt like I needed more help. And that was actually very difficult for me to sign up for the coaching because I had this weird belief in my head that I'm a physician and I shouldn't have to ask for help, that I should be able to figure everything out on my own. So it was actually very difficult for me to take that step and sign up for coaching, knowing that I was quote unquote asking for help. But I am so glad I did. What made you sign up? Because I remember when you and I talked the very first time you were like, I'm doing it. What made you shift from that, like, I should be able to figure this out myself because I'm a physician to, okay, I want help? There's two things, actually. One of them, one of my colleagues and a good friend of mine had signed up for weight loss coaching and had gotten tremendous results with it. And it was like a light bulb went off in my head where I was like, oh, it's okay for me to ask for help with this. And I look back at it and it's such a weird belief that I had. Super common though. Most physicians, I think we feel we should just be able to fix ourselves. Yes. And then we hold that shame when we don't. Exactly. It was a big hurdle for me to get over. And I think from that, like I've realized when you ask for help, the results that you can get can be tremendous. 
and it can help you help other people as well. I've asked for help. I've lost the weight. And the one reason I'm doing this podcast is if my story could help even one other person in their weight loss journey, then it's kind of worth sharing my story with you today. Mm -hmm. The second part of it is I had done a lot of work on my own and it got to the point where I thought, you know, I'm struggling with this, this, and this, and this is what I need help with. And I feel like I came to you with very specific issues that I just couldn't overcome myself. It just got to the point where I knew the coaching would help and I knew the areas where I just couldn't figure it out on my own. So before we started, what were the areas of your eating that you were struggling with? Uh, Everything. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hard question to answer because now I know what I was struggling with. I think when I signed up for coaching, I didn't even know what I was struggling with. But one of the big things was having my brain give me the solution that eating food was like the answer to everything. Like if I was stressed out, if I was sad, if I wanted to celebrate, if I felt overwhelmed, my brain, the answer for all of it was to eat food. And I was really struggling with dealing with urges to eat. So that was one big area. I was also struggling with evening eating. I know you bring that up a lot in your podcast. And even kind of having, say, a stressful day or evening at work and wanting to come home and eat all the food just to cope with that stress. So those were the very big areas that I was struggling with at the point where I signed up for coaching. And I think if I remember too, at the point that you signed up, you were at that point where you weren't sure if you could lose more weight. Like you said, you'd lost some weight and you were kind of, I remember having discussions of maybe this is just it and maybe I can't go further. Is that a correct memory? It is. I guess to add to that, I find it surreal that I am sharing my weight loss success story on a podcast. (laughs) Like it still hasn't sunk in that I did this. And interestingly, when I signed up for coaching with you, I had set a weight loss goal. Like I wanted to be kind of this weight. And I set that goal for myself to hit that by December 31st of this year. And I signed up for coaching with Siobhan in the beginning of January, 2020. And by June, I had hit that goal. And I was like, hmm, you know what? This process wasn't that bad. It wasn't like I was white knuckling it through this. It was actually a very interesting experience for me. So then I set another goal for myself. I was like, you know what? I think I want to lose a bit more weight. I set a second goal for myself, again, giving myself the deadline of December 31st. And so by October 31st, I had hit that second goal. For the first time in my life, I've hit my weight loss goal. I'm happy with where I am with my weight. I don't want to lose any more weight at this point. And that's the very first time in my life where I've been able to achieve this. How does that feel to know that you did that? And in the span of 10 months, 
like I said, it's surreal. I'm letting it all sink in. And interestingly, like a lot of people that I see, they're like, oh, you look so great and you must be so happy. And I truly am. And when I started this, I thought, I'll be really happy to be thin and to be kind of this weight. But now that the weights come off, the thing I'm most proud about is actually being able to figure out a problem in my life that for the past 35 years, I couldn't figure out. And I think in terms of looking back at that, the weight loss is kind of a secondary endpoint. The thing I'm most proud about is being able to manage my thinking and being able to figure out a problem that I just couldn't figure out in the past. Which is amazing. Congratulations. It's big. Thanks. What about, is it different, the feeling, like now that you're maintaining a weight loss, because that's often a difficult time for people, does it feel different this time around compared to the other times you'd lost weight and were kind of working on maintaining it? Yes. The big thing this time around is I am confident, 100% confident that the weight's not going to pile on again. And that's the big difference from any other time I've tried to lose weight. For me, I think my brain, it still always wants to give food as a solution. But now I know I'm like, aha, there's my brain wanting to give food as a solution to whatever is going on in my life. But the big difference now is now I have the tools to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like when your brain offers that food as a solution, you have other ways of managing it instead of just the food. And I think for me personally, that was truly the difference too. When I did all this thought work to lose weight is the feeling and the worry that often when you lose weight, then there's that worry that starts about, okay, is it coming back? Do I need to look over my shoulder? That piece of it is just completely different because I know why it was there. I know why I was eating that way. And for years, I didn't. I didn't understand why I was eating the way that I did. What was the most surprising area that you found that was contributing to your eating that you've worked through? There's so many that I feel like I could write a book about this. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest with you, one of the biggest things was realizing that when there's an urge to eat, there is a solution other than eating the food. Before I started the coaching, I felt that the only way to get rid of the urge to eat was to just give in and eat the food. Once I learned that skill in one of my first coaching sessions, how to deal with an urge to eat, it just seemed like the weight just started to fall off just from that one simple tool. Yeah, I remember that making a huge difference for you. Yeah, and I think one of the other things that I really struggled with in my previous weight loss efforts is if I wasn't following whatever diet plan completely perfectly. So for whatever reason, I went off plan. It just spiraled into this negative emotion. And then it just led to, okay, now I'm off my plan for one day. Now it's a week. Now it's two weeks because of all of the negative emotion, you know, that would be in my head about not being able to stick to a plan. And I really realized through your coaching that you didn't need to be perfect 
you just needed to be consistent. And so if there was a bad day that I had with eating the next day, I'm just going to get back to my normal now, which was one of the mantras we came up with in our coaching sessions. And I still use that now. Mm -hmm. And that's powerful. That's such a common way that we get tripped up in weight loss is just we've been taught the black and whiteness of diets. And so then we do something that we perceive as being bad or wrong, and we just kind of give up or assume it has to keep going that way versus if you can develop that skill that you're talking about, about, okay, I made that choice and now I'm just getting back to my normal. It's so powerful. One choice doesn't unravel any weight loss plans. It's when the one choice becomes a week, becomes two weeks, becomes a month. That's when it starts to get in to make your weight loss difficult. That was definitely a concept where I really needed time for that to sink in and really believe that one day isn't going to cause you to not hit your weight loss goals. That took a lot of thought work for me to really believe that. Mm -hmm. I think it's just so important to do that work for anybody listening to work on moving away from that black and white thinking because it doesn't help anything. We think it helps. We think it keeps us on track, but it usually doesn't. What would be your advice? So if somebody's listening who kind of feels in the same spot that you were where they feel out of control with their eating at certain times, like in the evenings, and they're just not sure if they could actually consistently lose weight. What advice would you give them? The advice I would give them is you can do this. I had another kind of belief in my head that for whatever reason, I was different than everyone else. So I couldn't lose the weight because my metabolism was really, really slow. Or for whatever reason, my body just was completely resistant to losing weight. Like everyone else could be successful with losing weight, but for whatever reason, myself and my body, it's just not something my body could do. And I would really challenge people to think about that thought if that's what they think about themselves. Because here kind of is an example in front of you of someone that had that very same belief and was able to lose the weight. There is usually some sort of barrier, I think, that's likely stopping you from losing the weight. And sometimes you really just need some help to figure out what that is. The other thing I would want to mention to people is if Siobhan's podcast resonated with you like it does to me, and if you feel that when listening to it, you're like, yes, this is what I'm struggling with, or this is the work that would help me, sign up for the coaching and do it as a gift to yourself. For me, this was the best thing that I have ever done for myself. And I would say for my family and for the colleagues I work with and for my patients. So if you're on the fence about doing this work and doing the coaching, just sign up. (laughs) It could really change your life. Could you speak a little bit to this being the best thing for the people around you too? Like what differences have you noticed in the non-scale stuff? Because we've mainly talked about food and weight. I think that my relationship with my children is better. Siobhan and I had done some coaching sessions around that. At the point where you have a four-year-old, a 20-month-old, they're hard parenting years. 
And I just feel like I'm showing up as a better parent to my children. And the time I spend with them, I feel is a much happier time for me and then in turn them. In terms of work, I'm much happier to be there now. And I think in turn, I feel that I'm likely a more compassionate physician. And I feel that that my patients are likely noticing that as well, especially in the emergency department. You don't come in there when you're having a good day. And I just feel like I just have more of the mental energy to provide compassionate care to those people. And as well, we do work as a team in the emergency department and we do have to consult a lot of our busy colleagues. And I do think I've fostered better relationships, especially in the past year with the physician colleagues and also like the nursing staff that I deal with on a day-to-day basis as well. That's what I love about losing weight through coaching. Yeah, you lose weight. But like all that other stuff that has to change when you deal with stress eating, like what you just described, where all the different aspects of your life start to change. I love that. It's so, so powerful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today, Erica. No problem. Welcome to the podcast, Gina. Thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with me today. Thanks for having me. Could you start by introducing yourself a little bit so people know a bit about you and who you are? Of course. I'm a 40-something rural family doctor in a small town in Alberta. And I'm, like many people, having a challenging year with COVID and whatnot going on. Like many people, stress eating is something that I've been dealing with for a while. So that's how I came to find your podcast and ultimately get involved with your program. And that's why we're chatting here today. Excellent. Can you let us know where were you before you started doing the kind of thought work approach to managing your eating? What things were difficult for you or what were you struggling with? I think it was probably multi-layered. I was dealing with emotional and stress eating that had probably been going on for a long time, but this year had a lot more stresses. So I think that was compounding my old habits. I think that I had some perfectionistic tendencies that were making me pretty negative and hard on myself at times when I wasn't able to accomplish all the things I thought I should be able to do in regards to eating and work and life and many things. I think that's where I was finding some of the biggest challenges with that. And then what have you noticed since working on your eating from the thought work approach or since starting the coaching program? The thought work has been really powerful for me in a couple of ways. And one is that when I come home and it's my habit to stick my nose in the fridge or the cupboard or grab something to eat, because that's what I do when I come home to de-stress, then having the awareness to try not to do that. And then the ability to use the thought work approach to deal with the sort of negative feelings that come up when I try to not solve my problems in the way that I always have. I found that really, really powerful, more powerful than I expected for sure. And so just figuring out that discomfort of when you stop using the food to manage the emotions, what do you do then? Have you been surprised? Like as you're learning more about how your brain behaves around food, has there been anything that surprises you or interesting things you've noticed? It was interesting to me that the food cravings that I had were a lot easier to overcome when I was using the thought approach versus trying to do it with willpower. I still am 
quite impressed with that. And I'm still using it day to day. I've found it useful in other aspects of my life as well. And that's kind of just allowing the cravings tool that we talk about where you work with it rather than resist it. Exactly. Initially, it's the awareness. I think I did it pretty gradually. I think other people passing through the program sort of in the same group as me were taking steps faster than I was. But I found that just bringing awareness to it was really helpful and acknowledging the feelings and giving them some time to sit there. Sometimes I still went to my old habit, but I had the awareness of what the choices were and that I had made that choice. And that even changed going down that old path for me a little bit too. I think that's a fantastic point in that, A, there's no right way to do this, right? Like so easy as physicians and, you know, with weight loss that we want to just do it perfectly, but finding the path that works. But if you're working on the awareness, even if you're still doing the eating behavior, it's still progress is moving you in the way that you want to go, which I think is so important. How have you found doing this in a group of other physicians? Having that community with you, has that made a difference in the process for you? Yes, it definitely did. I have to admit that I was a bit hesitant to join in a group program. I think, again, that perfectionistic, hard on myself attitude that I've carried around for a long time felt like this was maybe a little embarrassing and I didn't want other people to know about it. But when I got over myself and decided that maybe I should try something different than I had been trying, I've actually found that the group approach is really nice. I mean, for a lot of the reasons that you talk about. So a lot of us have similar problems. And even though I may not be actively being coached in any particular conversation or meeting that we're having, other people are. And I can hear their questions and hear myself and them. And I can see how you're approaching the coaching with them because it's different to observe it than it is to be in the middle of it. Both are valuable, but the experience is different. And I think that that's actually a real strength of the group. I agree. And you're not alone in being hesitant about a group. I think especially often as physicians, we've held that shame or embarrassment about the fact we're struggling with our eating. That the idea of going into a group and talking about it can feel really vulnerable, right? But it really is helpful to watch other people be coached. And like you said, it's a different experience than when you're directly being coached. There's learning on both sides of that. I think I totally agree with that. What advice would you give somebody if somebody was kind of sitting where you were struggling with the stress eating and not really knowing how to get it under control? What advice would you give them? Do you have a tip or something that's working well? I think the thing that made the biggest difference for me outside of the thought work process itself, because I think that's what's given me the tools to make the adaptations to feel like I have some control over this and actually feel pretty good about being able to make choices and follow up with them. I think the other piece that was the biggest for me was actually being compassionate with myself. I think being kind and gentle in the way I would be with a friend who might be struggling with this, but in a way that I'm not typically with myself. That's a fantastic point because we are not generally compassionate with ourselves. Do you think being in the group and watching other people struggle with the same thing, has that made it easier to be compassionate with yourself about your own struggles? It's a great question. I assume so. I didn't take it in in that way, but it made it easier to feel like this isn't just a problem that I have, like everybody else has got this figured out and not me. I think in some ways it did give me that perspective as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's another benefit of the group is just we can be compassionate to the other physicians, right? Like our colleagues, our friends, so much easier than what we can be compassionate to ourselves. And sometimes watching our ability to be compassionate to them can help us be compassionate to ourselves. Any other thoughts or comments you'd want to make for anybody listening? I think for me, the big, 
I don't know if it was the big push or the thing that pushed me over the decision edge, if you will, to sign up for the group was that clearly all the other things that I had been doing were not cutting it and weren't working. And so it was time to try something new. And I'm really, really glad that I did. This was an excellent new thing to try because it's been something that I think I'm always going to be able to use and always benefit from. And like you've talked about, the thought approach can be used in all areas of our life, not just weight loss. That's a really wonderful gift to give yourself, if you will. Have you noticed benefits in other areas of your life while you've been working on the thought stuff? Absolutely. I definitely have. Dealing with challenges with some individuals at work, dealing with situations with family members, all kinds of different places that I can reevaluate the way I'm approaching something with a habitual thought that maybe isn't serving me. Yeah, that's the part I love about this. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. I think your story will definitely help other people listening and just help them know that there's some hope and that you don't have to be alone anymore. Well, thanks for inviting me. It was my pleasure. All right. That was amazing. And again, I want to just give a heartfelt thanks to everybody that was on the podcast and who took time out of their days for me to interview them. It was great to actually have time to sit and chat because some of these women I haven't seen for a little bit because we're not coaching together anymore. And so I really enjoyed myself. And I'm really hopeful that listening to this, there may be some nuggets that you're able to take away that will help you in your own journey and that you, again, might just feel a little bit inspired, a little bit more hopeful about what might be possible for you. And if you are wanting that extra layer of help, if you do want to take the next step where you don't have to do this alone and you want to get going so that 2021 feels different than what 2020 has felt and maybe by the next holiday season, you don't have to feel that kind of dread of what might happen to your eating or weight as you go through the holidays. You want to find freedom where you can just, you know, have the confidence that some of these physicians have spoken about where you just know that you've got it sorted. I think that's super, super powerful. Then consider joining me in Stress Eating SOS. The doors are going to open again just after Christmas and the course will get going on January 11th. But if you actually sign up earlier, there's some bonus options where you get some extra bonus coaching. So you can't actually sign up for the course right now, but you can join the wait list. And there is a bonus coaching session for people on the wait list coming up this week. So head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash SOS and join the wait list if you would like that extra layer of help. So excited to help you find the freedom from stress eating that you're looking for. All right, have a fantastic week, guys. We will talk to you later. Bye-bye.